You're listening to Immaculate Conception Podcasts, recorded every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass at our new church located at 411 Palma Road in Columbia, Illinois. For more information about Immaculate Conception, please go to www.icc-columbia-il.us. Our pastor is Father Carl Shear. And now, enjoy the podcast. I was surprised to learn, though, uh, from, from some of my scripture classes that um, it's, a, it's, it's actually more likely that he would have been a, a young man. He would have been about the same age as Mary, uh, just 15 or 16 years old at this time when the angel was coming uh, to him. Um, so he never would have been married before or had kids or, or anything like that. In, in Jewish culture, the way marriages worked, it had kind of two parts to it. So the first part, um, two kids, usually from the same village, they, they didn't have arranged marriages, but with the small village in it, with, with like the small villages and everything, you kind of knew uh, going into it who you were going to marry. Um, the first part of marriage, there would be like this, this promissory kind of betrothal uh, ceremony. And they would do this at kind of a younger age. And then the couple would separate for even uh, years at a time. And during that time, the man would be in charge of preparing a new home for his wife. And that could, that could take a few years. Um, and then eventually, once the home was prepared, then they would move in together. So it was kind of those two parts. First, making promises to each other. And then eventually completing the marriage, finalizing the marriage, she would come and move in with them and they would start a family together. So that's what's going on in, in the gospel here, is Joseph and Mary have made their promises together. They're in that in-between time while Joseph is kind of preparing a home for her. And that's when he finds out the news and decides that you know he should just break it off at this point and divorce her quietly. But thankfully, that's when the angel comes and says, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary into your home. By the way, that's also, just as kind of an aside, that's also why Jesus, um, before he goes to the cross, before he goes to the crucifixion, what he tells his disciples is he says, I am leaving this place now to prepare a home for you. To prepare a place for you in heaven. Jesus uses that kind of spousal language when he talks to us, the church. He is preparing a place for his bride, the church, which is all of us. He takes the role of the bridegroom in that regard. So he is preparing a home and a place for us in that regard. But what's cool about this gospel, what kind of struck me about this gospel, especially when I was praying about it, is the, the first move from the angel to Joseph, the first move from God to Joseph, is his fear and uncertainty. It's not what makes him great. It's not that he's a perfect husband. The angel didn't come and say, Joseph, you are the perfect husband, and you have to say yes to this because we can't find anybody else, and you're so good at doing this. <laughs> It was his weakness. God reached him in his weakness. That's what he wanted to raise up in Joseph. It's not what makes him great, even though, yes, he is, he is great. Uh, but God wanted to elevate 
and to raise his weakness so that he could shine through that. So while Mary, on, on one hand, is, is saying yes to God to conceive Jesus, we have Joseph, on the other hand, who has to say yes to Mary. He has to say yes to his bride and uh, her whole situation that's going on. And again, he's just a teenager, so he's probably just totally stressed about this. Um, it's got to be crazy for him. Um, in, in some sense, you, you could say that you know Mary and Joseph during this whole this whole time, they're really just two teenagers on the greatest adventure anyone's ever had, traveling to Egypt, trying to flee from authority. Um, it's it's just incredible what they went through. And they were probably, you know, afraid. They probably didn't really know what they were doing the whole time. But they were willing to trust in God. They were willing to surrender all of that over to God. There's kind of a there's kind of a neat opposite sort of parallel between uh, Mary and Joseph and and Adam and Eve. So what what Adam and Eve do in the garden is. They want to uh, take control of their situation, right? So they're reaching out, taking the apple because they feel unsatisfied, trying to take control and grasp the situation and put it into their own hands. Whereas Mary and Joseph, what do they do? They surrender. They hand it over. It's out of their hands. They entrust it to God. Adam and Eve are hiding from their vulnerability. They're naked and ashamed, hiding from God, and yet at the same time wondering where he is. Mary and Joseph instead are vulnerable and giving that vulnerability to God. They're open-handed with God. So that's kind of the world that Jesus enters into. He enters into a vulnerable teenage family, but it was a family that was built on a rock-solid faith and a trust in God. That's something I think we can all pray for, especially this season for our families, regardless of where we stand. If we can hold on to our faith, if we can hold, hold on to our trust in God, that's all that counts. That's all that counts. And then the question for us individually is, do I let God see my weakness? Do I let God see places that I'm vulnerable? Or do I try to hide it? Again, God wants to meet us in that place of poverty, in that place of vulnerability, so He can sanctify it, so He can raise it up. That's why Jesus came into the world in the first place. Not, not because the world was great, but because the world needed saving. Um, and that's what we should allow Him to do, and each of us, to save us and raise up that place where we need Him.